Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Now, normally we're coming to you live following a game. We're here to talk about the ups and the downs, the ebbs and the flows, what happened, what didn't happen, what did we see. That's not going on right now. We're kind of stuck back in that little limbo that we went through for, eh, you know, about eight months after everything shut down last year. Obviously, the Phoenix Suns have had the next three games canceled uh, per degree. Uh, the COVID regulations and the, the social distancing and the contact tracing and all those fabulous words that were never part of our vocabulary this time last year. That's what's kind of shut, shut the suns down. So you know what? We're still going to provide that quality suns content that you come here for. And I can't do that unless I have my good buddy, Matthew. Matthew, thank you for joining us in a very casual manner. And you're muted. That's fantastic. <laughs> There you I are. I gotta pull it together for this one, man. No, I'm under construction over here. I got the contractors working on stuff, working on the new set, setting cool. that up. So now I'm just chilling over here with the rock. Okay, you got the rock in here. the corner. Fantastic. I'm, this is a really, this is really fun for the people who are listening to the podcast and not watching it. But you do have Dwayne the Rock Johnson over your shoulder, and yeah. like I said, you you get by with a little help from your friends, and we're bringing in our friends also from the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. Welcome to the Suns Jam Session to Fanning the Flames. We got both Justin and Paul with us. What's up, fellas? Hey, oh man, gentlemen, 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 what is going on? Hey, Nothing. good to see you guys. <laughs> the band's back too. together, right? <laughs> kind of. All have amazing hats on. We yes. do. <laughs> oh, man. It, it's Valley Night here on uh, Thursday night. In, uh, My jersey still hasn't shown up. <laughs> still? <laughs> no. Where'd you order it from? Stuns.com. Oh, <laughs> that was yeah, your first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, you can go down to... Uh, just sports and they got them there waiting so just go on to sunstock.com and, and cancel that so but but we got plenty to talk about first and foremost we'll get the housekeeping notes out of the way welcome as always if you're listening to this make sure that you subscribe rate and review if it's on youtube hit the thumbs up button thank you to everybody who's joining us in the chat that's fantastic you can follow me on twitter at darth voida you can follow matthew on twitter follow paul on twitter at dervish of world you can follow justin on twitter at so says Jay. Very well done. For those who are listening to this podcast in 1.5 speed, that was very slow and articulate for them. You can follow our show at Suns Jam. You can follow their show at, at Fan the Flames, the Flames NBA. Ooh. Ooh, perfect. So there you go, everybody. We appreciate you hanging out. We're going to, I don't know if I'm the only one who drinks on Thursday night. I think I, I might drink be. every night. This is true. This is why I have a belly. Well, pop them if you got them. <laughs> and you know what, fellas? Even though there's no games to talk about, let's talk, sons. All right, fellas. Well, here we are, 11 games into the season, and we've come kind of to a sudden halt, a halt that might be needed for the Phoenix Suns. It's kind of with so many games happening and so few nights, I almost feel like this is one of those blessings in disguise. 
But, you know, I think that it, it's fun to get together with the entire Bright Side of the Sun podcast network and just kind of do a pulse check, see where we're at, see where we're going, see what we're feeling, and find out why So Says Jay thinks that the new Taylor Swift album is so good. I mean, the fact that she doesn't capitalize any of her song names really drives me crazy. How can you accept that, Justin? It actually it makes it appear more artistic. I assume that's the only reason to do it. I have no idea. But I will say, I will say, as much as I do like Evermore, I don't even know if that's the name of the new album. It is, it right? Is. Evermore. Um, um, the help me, help me, Voida. I don't know it. Uh, I don't. I stopped listening song? after like Speak Now. Anyway. The you know, first album she folklore. put out in 2020, Folklore, folklore I think yeah. was far better, far superior. But uh, I have to say I appreciate just generally speaking her effort to put out two albums in a year when we truly need Taylor Swift more than we've ever needed her before, and that was 2020. You know what? Although Fun so far that. maybe 2021 will be – she might have to do three albums if things keep going yeah. this way. She's Fun also fact. increased the sales of flannel across the country. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. Well, a different story on on young ladies' fashion. Between flannel and everything that Billie Eilish is doing, like twenty year old girls just don't care anymore. Facts. I've got. I've got. Have Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift. We haven't seen her around though, right? Is she still like a a person? Does she have a body still? Or is she just I like? Is she real? Oh, yeah, she. <laughs> I, I, I have a real just... concept that uh, record labels just like throw together in the studio. <laughs> it's the Millie Vanilli of our generation. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's what everybody came to hear was uh, reviews on the new Taylor Swift Evermore album. But you know, she did put out two albums in 2020, which I think is the total amount of podcasts that uh, the Family of the Flames did. So you have matched Taylor Swift album output. <laughs> Well, you can also check out our podcast, Fanning the Folklore. That'll be launching next week. <laughs> a lot of flannel. A lot of flannel. A lot and of flannel. Some some uh, fire pits. <laughs> little s'mores action. Well, let, let, let's get to the sun. This is okay? too much even for me, guys. Let's talk yeah. basketball. Okay, Come let's on. talk basketball. Okay. <laughs> you know, again, thank you to everybody who's joining us. You know, it, it, feel free to follow along in the chat. If you have any questions, you can pop those up. Um, but the first thing I wanted to bring up and kind of go around the, the table here is, you know, we're 11 games in the season, seven and four, same exact record as we were through 11 games last season. I'll start with Paul here. Paul, how, how do you feel about this team as compared to last year's seven and four Phoenix Suns? I'm, I'm still, I'm feeling really good. I mean, it's a, um, which is surprising from the podcast of optimism, but, um, I'm feeling really good because the, um, the wins have been against good teams. I mean, the the couple, the some of the losses were kind of you know the last two um, against Detroit and Washington were more like I think taking the taking the games for granted than they were um, yeah. you know in prior years where it's like that's the competition that's like the hard teams and like um, so from that standpoint, I'm I'm not into not too worried about it. You know, I'm going into every game thinking they're going to win, which is abnormal from previous years. Previ- last year it was holy crap, we're seven and four. This year it's like, no, oh, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> it's on pace. So what? It's on what pace do you think? What Vegas said. What 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 are you thinking, Matthew? A lot, yeah, you know, I mean, it's all right or wrong there. If you listen to our last three podcasts, I basically said this does feel different just because we have Chris Paul, just because we have Monty Williams in place. We have, a, I think, a fulfilled roster. 
I think we have everything we need to continue to win. There's nothing really. The only thing that sucks about our losses is like Paul just said, you know, they're just letdowns because I feel like they expected to win, which is something they kind of did last year too. But like, what gives them the right to do that? You know what I mean? But we'll just blame it on, blame it on Aiton, you know, let's just, (laughs) let's just attack him. And what sucks for Aiton too, just really quick is now there's no basketball. So now we we can hate on him even more, dude. (laughs) So, Poor guy. But anyways, yeah, I, I feel very confident in this team, actually. It's just it's a different aura around the team, but just some bad losses, dude. And and Justin, I mean, you're the guy who says they're the one seed at all times. They're not currently in the one seed. You, you've got to be disappointed, clearly, right now. 7-4 is just not good enough, right? You know, at the end of the day, all that matters is where they finish at the end of the season, which will be the one seed nonetheless. Um, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried about what we're seeing from this team right now. And you know, first of all, if we compare it to last season, we don't have a situation like we did last year where Aaron Baines is shooting like 97% from three point range. Um, we don't have anybody playing way above their head, at least as far as I see it. I mean, people are playing, if anything, below their expectations, below where we'd expect them to be playing. And at the end of the day, I think it's only going to improve. Players are going to get better. Booker is going to not shoot 60% from the free throw line for the season. DeAndre Ayton, we'll get into him, I know, but he's he's I don't think he's gonna go this whole year taking nine shots a game. Um Chris Paul is still starting figuring out how to mesh with this team. And we have, like Paul said, beaten really good teams. Now, the two bad losses we have are both fresh in our minds. And I think that's why people are freaking out right now. If we look at those two losses and say, say they happened three weeks apart or even two weeks apart, I think everyone would go, hey, you know what? Chalk it up to bad losses. But we have they happened two games apart. And that's why everybody's sitting there freaking out saying, oh, my God, let's let's do this, that and this not sitting there. It's it's let me let me use the phrase. They're missing the forest from the trees. Is that how that phrase goes? Is that right? Yes. Let's look at the the overall picture here and see a seven and four team who has beaten a number of teams that were in the playoffs last year. Yeah, they threw up two stinkers, really one and a half, because the first half of the Detroit game wasn't terrible. They just went ice cold. Um, and then that Washington game, we'll just we'll just blame They're that on the whole time. We have zero COVID cases still, as far as I hear on the Suns. Their games are canceled because of contact tracing. As far as I see it, the Suns played zero defense that game just to make sure that none of them <laughs> contracted COVID. There was some inside 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 analysis going on there. Yeah, Brad, and Bradley Beal was going on on that, like just that pre-COVID like high before like it really sets in. <laughs> well, and I think the Suns did Which a good a job theme, apparently. Of, of social distancing against the Washington. To your point, Justin, they they let them shoot all they want because they didn't want to catch it. You know, and I think that it's it's something that we really need to take a look at. And again, this is probably the disadvantage of social media and accessibility. We all see and ha- and have these knee jerk reactions, and we live in the world of extremes. If the Suns win, they're the best team ever. If the Suns lose, trade eight and trade everybody. Something's wrong. You know. Good teams also lose. I don't remember the 62 and 20 Suns going undefeated. They were 62 and 20. I don't remember Charles Barkley back in 93, that team going undefeated. You know, unfortunately, you have some bad nights. It just sucks that the last taste that we have in our mouth is Bradley Beal's nuts all over us, man. It's really frustrating that he's the reason that all this is kind of shut down. And I, I, you know, we can, I guess we can go into it. Who do you, who's responsible here? Is it the NBA or is it the Wizards or, or like who should we be be mad at? 
Nobody. I feel like this was going to happen sooner or later. I mean, if the if the season was actually postponed for like a week or two weeks or so, I think that would have been really, really dumb. I think just postponing the games till because they only had the first half of schedules released, right? So they can yeah. play these games right after that and then continue the next half of the season. So it's smart. I expected this. I'm not mad at anybody, really. I mean, if we didn't play that game against Washington, then I think we'd be like, why are we not playing this game? We'd be pissed at that, too. So it, it was inevitable, inevitable for this uh, to actually happen, but I, I'm not too mad, dude. I'm I'm actually kind of relaxed about it. I like the way the NBA's hold. Like actually, they they had their ducks in a row in a in a way. I know Adam Silver is getting a big backlash because of all what's going on, but I don't understand. Like, do you guys blame him for how he's responded to this whole situation? Because I don't think he's done that bad of a job. I I, I think I look at it just from the standpoint of it looks worse for the NBA compared to even the NFL one, because the teams are so much smaller. So it's very, very quickly, you know, particularly because they're shutting down for contact tracing more so than just shutting down for negative tests like the NFL. Cause the NFL would, sh- one person had a test. I mean, you, you lose the whole freaking offensive line, yeah. you know, but you know, you've got, you only got 15 guys on a, on the roster and, you know, you can easily, you know, it's very easily, easy to lose seven guys through contact tracing for this. And then plus you have so many games going on and they're happening so frequently. If you have one, two, you know, like the Suns are having three games canceled in a row. Whereas, you know, the NFL, it's like, you know, they, they didn't cancel a single game, but they only play once a week and it's yeah, really they're spread out. On. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I was very. I had. A, I was a big advocate for expanding rosters. I was kind of surprised they didn't expand the rosters with like official spots or even like you know whether it's you just have like a a practice squad or something of like a bunch of like yeah. guys that are like v- available. That'd be cool. To like to kind of keep rosters available, they like, they kind of practice with the team and whatnot, but they're they're there an emergency break glass to keep everything moving. I was kind of surprised they didn't do anything like that. Um, I know the salary caps a crunch, but I mean, if you want to play game, you know, it's the more games you play, the more revenue you have. So having players on the court kind of helps that, um, you know, we're kind of managing the way we're going. I mean, I don't think when the NBA kind of went this route, they expected the, the pandemic to skyrocket through and be like three times what it was when we were uh, when we were dealing with things during the summer when it was kind of at it, at its height. So, you know, it, victim of circumstances a little bit. And but at the same time, I mean, people pointed out. I mean, it's like the last three teams that went through Washington are all like shutting people yeah. down because of contact tracing, yeah. and nothing's coming from Washington. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, is is everybody staying in like the wrong hotel? That's um, tough. You know, are are they like, you know, spraying down those visitors' locker room appropriately? You know, is this like one of those tunnel situations, like with the Clippers? Yeah, the, the tunnel. <laughs> well, this is this is where you know again, it, it's hard to point blame, and I don't even know if blame is a necessity here. It no. is what it is, if you will. But again, yeah, I mean, Iverson Vlogs says it in the chat. Uh, the Wizards have to be hiding something. I'm not even joking at this point. Four teams have tested positive after playing Washington. And you had Jason Tatum, who tested positive for COVID-19. He grew up in St. Louis with Bradley Beal. He was a couple of years behind Bradley Beal. They were dapping it up after the game on Friday night. And then next thing you know, Bradley Beal's out for the Miami game because of 
the uh, the contact tracing. Well, then they allow him to play, and now the whole Suns week is ruined. And again, you yeah. know, you can't necessarily blame anybody, but if I was to point blame, I would kind of you know point my finger a little bit over at the NBA and just be like, well, like if we get if there my work if you're contact traced to somebody who had COVID, like you're down for ten, you're, yeah you're down for ten days. You're not yeah. coming back to work for ten days. You're making sure you get to, you can test negative. They're still gonna there's PTO and things like that. And trust me, these guys don't need the PTO. They're fine there. So it's just interesting how this the season's evolved. It's it's nice knowing that they only released half of the schedule for this exact reason. These games will be made up. They might not hit 72 games, or they 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 haven't announced exactly how the playoffs are going to occur. So it might be a couple shortened rounds just to kind of make sure that they get the whole no, season prior to the Olympics. <laughs> but you know, at, at this point, I guess we're just kind of is what it is. What are you thinking there, Justin? All right, let's 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 play through a scenario here. Ooh, okay, scenarios. so we 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 obviously saw how the bubble went, right? Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. bubble went off without a hitch. It went perfectly. So are we going to sit here and believe or think that Adam Silver didn't have what he thought would be the best mechanisms in place to avoid games getting canceled this NBA season? I think he did. Now, let me ask you this question. Does he have the absolute power to say this is how we're going to do it? Or does there have to be an agreement between the NBA and the Players Association in terms of how these protocols are going to work? Because... We saw what Adam Silver just came down with new protocol saying, if you're home, you're at home or you're at team events. And that's it. And if you're, a, you. you're on the road, you're in the hotel. In, exactly. Yep. I, I said, I'll guarantee you. I won't guarantee you because I don't know, but I would say with almost absolute certainty that that's how he would have wanted to do it from the get go. And that he probably got pushback. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if in internally in discussions between the NBA right now and the NBA PA, there's a little bit of a, I told you so kind mm-hmm. of thing going on with him. So I, 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 and, and that's obviously all speculation, but if you think about it logically, that seems to make sense, right? Agreed. I mean, I believe I'm, said I'm you're all staying in a bubble for months and, yeah, oh, and at and very least regional let bubble. go out and do whatever. Yeah. So, right. so I, I, I don't know what there's look, there's not blame to go around. Well, we could say there's blame, but this isn't a politics podcast. So that's a whole different scenario, right? No, do you you know what this podcast is? This is a let's trash eight and put, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That's all the other ones. (laughs) That one, that one almost gets me more angry. I don't know why. (laughs) Well, I think there's, you can't, you can't put blame in one place. And I can see from the players association perspective, assuming that's how it went, why they wouldn't want to have these super stringent requirements in. But you had to see it coming. I mean, look what's happening with college basketball. So it's happening. It uh, like Matt said, it is. It is what it is, and that's that's all we can really say. say right now. Hopefully, they do. It I thought you did. Somebody said that. I right? hope I did. That was in my head. Sometimes I say stuff and I don't remember. John tells me, "Yeah, you said that, dude." Sorry. What, what <laughs> happened? What, what happened? I blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will know real quick that the Suns Jam Session guys have their hats on forward and the. The Fanning the Flames, because you are the OG Phoenix Suns yeah. podcast, you know, by the fans, that's you guys. For the fans, that's us. Because you guys normally, I'm on the other side. I'm on the other side of normally listening, so that's how I interpret it. Um, you guys are just, you look too cool with your your Valley hats on backwards. Um, but I think it's time, you know, let, let's switch out of COVID talk. Obviously, the Suns have lost three games this week. Again, I think it's a positive. I think it's an opportunity for the team to get a little rest, for Monty to do a little in-season coaching, and maybe give uh, get the big boy uh deandre and some more love and you know there's a little segment that we like to do on this podcast it's ain't no 
Watch 2021. So it's time to get kind of your guys' thoughts on DeAndre Ayton. You know, wh- where do you stand on the great DeAndre Ayton debate on a scale of let's sign him to the max extension to trade him for Marvin Bagley and Rashawn Holmes? Where do you guys stand? I'll let Jesse I, go I, first. I, I, I definitely stand on the let's trade him for Marvin Bagley and uh, Rashawn Holmes side. No. In his dad, Marvin Bagley and his dad. And just, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to say right now. I can equivocally commit, or I would want the Suns to commit to to saying sign him to a max extension because we don't. We we don't know. I mean, it's it's that's the problem that I have with this whole debate going on on Twitter and everywhere else in the world right now, or at least in the Suns universe. Mm-hmm. Is what are we talking about this for? What, why? Like, why don't we? Why don't we also speculate who the Suns are going to take with the number one draft pick this year? Because that's not going to happen. That's just as relevant. I mean, yeah. we don't know what what the issue is right now. Because obviously, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not stupid enough to sit here and go. Aiton's playing completely fine right now. He's not. But is that a reason of circumstance? Is that because he's still getting used to being a guy who is now the main guy in the pick and roll, where he oftentimes, you know, would drift out, uh, uh, float out before last season, or just dive hard to the basket? Um, is it because just mentally he's sitting there going, okay, well now I've got Devin Booker and Chris Paul on my team. And almost like with Chris Paul coming in, almost like a little bit of awestruck almost like it sounds crazy to say, but think about it. Aiton's what, 22, 23. So he grew up, he grew up watching Chris Paul play. Um, is it just a matter of him getting used to the different roles that other people are taking on this team? Because we're seeing, like I said earlier, he's taking what nine shots a game right now. The, we've got Mikhail Bridges being more assertive on offense. We've seen Cam Johnson have a couple of good games. And it's going to take time for people to really fall in place and kind of get comfortable with that. So if if this continues, then then you know, if we're if we're here three months from now and Aiton's still averaging, you know, 12 points, 10 rebounds, and taking nine shots a game, that's odd. And maybe I start leaning towards the not trade him, but maybe he's not a max guy. And and ultimately he might not be uh, at the end of the day. But for where everything is right now, I think it's just a, a a waste of energy to really engage in that conversation. And really, it's more of a what we should do is chill and let yeah. things play out and see where things go. And and that's why this break three game postponement for the Suns is just coming at the god awful worst time because outside of having that Washington loss, uh, that taste in our mouths. I was really looking forward to seeing how Aiton would come back after that game because you know Chris Paul, you know Booker, you know Monty probably got on him after that game. Think about it. I forgot what game it was earlier this year, but he had a a game that he got a lot of flack for, and he came back the next game. I think and put up twenty four and thirteen or something like that, and and looked more assertive, more aggressive on the offensive end. At the end of the day, maybe he's just a kid that needs a kick in the ass a little bit more often than other people at that particular stage of their career until it becomes something that becomes more innate in him. Uh, and again, until we see this develop more, there's really no, no, no way to say one way or the other. Yeah, we should trim. Let's think about this. If the Suns traded Aiton right now, wouldn't that just be absolutely fucking insane? Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. it would. So why, why, why are people even, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Paul, what do you think? <laughs> well, Justin, Justin started off, said it a little bit at the beginning there. Um, so Chris Paul's numbers are down. Devin Booker's numbers are down. 
both of those guys, nobody's like, what the fuck? I mean, they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> but but they're expecting it to kind of turn around. So they're like, once these guys get, get their shit together, you know, look out. But Aiden's numbers are down, too. And it's like, oh, the world's ending. Oh, no, I don't gotta get rid of him. He's a shit. He's a piece of shit player. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, mm, there's an adjustment period. And clearly there are other guys who are not playing above their heads, but really coming in their own. I mean, look at Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, you know, campaign, all these guys are, you know, they're kind of, not that they're picking up the slack, but they're asserting themselves. And that's really changed dynamics from last year. Last year, it was, you know, it was book. It was, it book was one. Aiden was two. Kelly was three. Mikhail was, you know, if we're bailing out for a three point shot, same thing with cam at that point. And, you know, Rubio was just, getting everybody going, you know, that, that was our rotation. You know, this year it's like, Oh no, Mikhail's kicking everybody's ass. Cam's kicking everybody's ass. Cam two's kicking everybody's ass. You know, that's why we're winning. You know, if, if the bench is playing like a, like last year's bench, you know, we'd be in, in shit and it wouldn't just be Aiton who was looking bad. Book would be looking bad. CP three would be looking bad, but they're get they're being given the benefit of the doubt. Granted, Granted, they have a history. I get that. But at the same time, you're like, we're giving them an adjustment period. Why aren't we giving this guy an adjustment period? And that's kind of where I sit with it. It's like, he's still playing great defense. He's still getting a ton of rebounds. You know, he is the anchor of our defense. And he's even said, that's where I'm focusing. The shots will come when, when you know, that comes. But right now, my, you know, we've got shooters. We've got scores. M- my job's to, you know, do on that de- lock down on the defense. And I mean, you even saw it in the Indiana game. I mean, when Sabonis went off, and Dave brought this up on your last pod, when Sabonis went off was when Aiton wasn't guarding him. You know, he's he can do his job, you know, and that's where he's focusing right now. Can I interject one 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 additional thought too? I actually looked at this today because it came to mind, and I was kind of curious. The Suns right now are seventh in the league in three-point shot ratio, if you will. So it's something about something like 44.1% of their shots are three-pointers. Last year that sat at 36.1, and they were in the bottom 10 in the league. So I, I think that certainly plays into the lack of shots for Aiton and and very well could play into some of the lack of offense from him because. I mean, an eight percent jump in three point shots is is pretty significant, if you ask me. Absolutely, and think about what that does to rebounding numbers. Okay, that's what you need from DA. If you're if the team is expected to shoot more, as that they're finding their way in their offense right now. Chris Paul hasn't meshed well necessarily with Aiton yet on the pick and roll. We all know that. We've seen Aiton bumble it a little bit, and I think you know that's a very good point. He he's playing in awe of Chris Paul. He's learning how to play with him. And while they're trying to figure that out, at the same time, defenses are collapsing. They're having the ability to pass it to the perimeter. And if somebody closes out on that guy, they're passing it around and they're hitting wide open shots. And now DA's killing it on the boards. But uh, apparently rebounds aren't good enough. And offensive rebounds aren't good enough. And playing good defense isn't good enough. I, like, I'm frustrated with it because, to Justin's point, like, why are we having this conversation after every game? Mikhail Bridges... Two games ago, he scored six points. Maybe it was three games. I think it was three games ago because two games ago was his 34-point yeah, performance. Three games. three games ago, he scored six points. And and you know why? Because he's playing defense the whole time. But we love Mikhail. Mikhail was a number 10 pick. So, therefore, he is infallible. But when Diego's out there and throws up a lackluster performance, an eight and five performance in which the whole team didn't play well as a whole, 
and he's you know fall, falls in line with everybody. It's it's trade him. It's burn down everything. It's it's. I, I get it. I can understand why people are frustrated. We have an expectation for this kid. He's a first round overall pick two years ago. But remember, 120 total games he's played due to COVID, due to suspension. He he's still learning how to play this game, and he's showing you that he has the ability to do it. Every time he hits one of those, you know, jumpers, everyone's like, "Oh no, that's not a do two points is two points." Now, do I want him dunking it down low and creating opportunities to for and ones? Of course, I think we all do. But at the same time, he like he's got, a, he's he's a finesse offensive bingo. guy. He, he he's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, not Shaq. Not, not to say that he's the greatest center of all time, but it's when you're talking about style, yeah. Matthew, what are you saying? What are you thinking? You're very quiet up there in your new studio. That's our fault. Waiting my turn. Um, <laughs> so the interview he gave, I mean, I can't go back to this enough where he was interviewed and asked about the offense, and he's just talking about how they already have three-point shooters. They have a lot of guys that can score. He's not focusing on scoring. And he's focusing on defense. He's the anchor of the defense. Everyone loved that. Everyone lost their mind. Like, oh, that was so great to hear. Because you know DA's interviews, they're always like, they're always kind of crazy and weird. He has different responses that you never hear from NBA players. But everyone loved that. And if he puts up six or eight points, like we have to get used to that. And I like it how he's focusing maybe on one thing this year, early this year, is defense. And then maybe he can add something else to the game because that's what you do as an NBA player. You can't just all of a sudden everything comes together, especially if you're playing with a new point guard. It's going to take some time. But if he can focus on defense where he's mostly by himself and he can be the anchor, like he says, I would take that over him scoring 24 points a game and not doing crap on defense because I feel like this defense and this way the team plays right now, especially the way they slow things down, that is really crucial, I think, in the playoffs. And I, I love it. I think that... I have no idea. You guys have to help me. I mean, you already did. You guys, we all agree. This is just insane how these, everyone's just attacking him. Like, I was like, what did he do? Did he send out a dick pic or something? What happened? Like, what did this guy Not do? Greg Oden. I mean, they <laughs> lost the game. Yeah, you, you can blame stuff on every player on this team. Especially like Jay Crowder. He's kind of lost his shot a little bit. He's throwing up like wild, nasty threes we were warned about. There's just things we can nitpick. But to blame it all on Aiden, I think it's crazy. And hopefully, you know, again, as I think Justin said it, this break is coming at an inopportune time yeah. because everybody's overanalyzing. And at the end of the day, if Aiden's playing the way he is and we're two and nine, yeah, we got problems. Okay. We're seven and four. We're winning despite, you know, despite these horrible performances by DeAndre, we're winning. We're a team. Now, again, the team concept might not necessarily equate to a max contract for DeAndre Ayton because, truth be told, when he becomes eligible for that, that max at the end of this year, he's probably not going to do anything this year that's going to necessitate a max. It might be a, well, let's wait one more season and, and see. And even then, you might not want to invest another max contract on your team for your center. He might end up being one of those you know $17 million a year guys, and hopefully he, we, he performs well and he sticks around long enough because he likes to be a part of this culture in this team. But I think that... Uh, the Aiton debate, it, it will always rage. It is the great paradox of the Suns fan base right now. And no matter what the guy does, he he can't win. So uh, I guess yep. we'll just, just move on to more positive That's things. Let, let, let's go more. Rudy Gobert got $200 million. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think that was a smart move for them. Right. Well, because, but I, I'm just saying, like, if 
if Aiden becomes Rudy Gobert, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. We've no. got the better version of Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> we can have the better version of Rudy Gobert too. Sure. Yeah. We'll just be called the uh, the the, and, the jazz. And, 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 we have, and we have alcohol with higher higher content. <laughs> Beer without higher alcohol content. You know. Well, they'll the be flooding south from Utah. So let's talk about something that's a little bit more positive. And Matthew, I'll start with you because we ended with you last time. Uh, which member of the I'm Phoenix Suns has impressed you the most so far this season? I think it's just Mikael Bridges. It has to be just for the reason that I didn't expect him to like be this great offensively and scoring. I mean, he still has his games where he won't cut to the basket. He'll just stand out there by the three-point line once in a while. But I think he's learned his lesson to cut, to take the guy off the dribble. Stuff like that because he's just so long. But he's every game, even if he does score six points one game, he learns from it and he continues to build off of it. Like I don't get down about him like we do. I don't get down about Aiden, but like everyone else does about Aiden, I just think that he really builds off of his previous games and he knows how to correct things and he knows what he has in his arsenal. And he's he's improved so much to where he's definitely. If was that the question? What's my favorite player? What was the question? It's on the screen. Oh no, I'm looking at you, baby. Oh, who's impressed you most? <laughs> it's it's Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges. All right. What about yeah. you, Paul? Um, I mean, not that I don't love love me some Mikael, but in this case, I'll, I'll probably go I'll go uh, Cam Johnson. Yeah. You know, I mean, sim- similarly, I mean, he kind of came in was was a shooter, kind of like what we kind of thought Booker was going to be when he showed up. And that's kind of what he was expected to be is this, you know, tall, lanky guy who'd shoot, wouldn't give you much else. But I mean, he's playing pretty solid defense. He's, you know, shown a, a propensity to be able to put it on the floor, you know, and like he's got a couple like, I mean, not like they're like super highlight dunks, but for Cam, Cam Johnson, they're highlight dunks. Yeah. You know, he's learned how to cut, you know, play off the ball, dribble a little bit. I mean, that that's, I mean, he shook a dude and then did a step back three. I mean, yeah. I mean, did we did we know that was in his arsenal ever? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're and we're watching this with guys who like, you know, okay, Mikael Bridges is going to be a three and D guy. You know, Cam Johnson is going to be a three, and we're not sure what else guy. Um, but now they're they're more than that. You're not seeing that on a lot of other teams. A lot of other teams are like taking these guys and you know really just plugging them into a hole, which is great. And you know that works. You know, Danny Green's Danny Green. Um, but you know, if we've got a much more dynamic offense that flows and is working, which it seems to be doing. And, you know, guys who can actually pick up the slack when our stars are off. That's great. It's Plus his huge. hair is getting bigger and bigger. I mean, it's not yeah, he's on, beautiful. great. Perfect hair. <laughs> what do you think, Justin? What do you think of Cam Johnson's hair? Uh, yeah, it's, no, it's beautiful. It's, <laughs> it's phenomenal. Um, I think we might be the only team in NBA history to have two guys on the roster at some point in time, who went with the sideshow Bob type hairdo um, <laughs> him and him and him and the old Lopez boy there. Right. Yeah. Um, but bring him back. Let's trade Aiden for him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't say that now because he kind of had his way a little bit <laughs> the other night, but uh, anyway, um, I, I, the, the obvious answer is one of those two guys. I, I think they've both been equally impressive. I've, I've loved what Cam Johnson's done in terms of, not just being a shooter, um, putting the ball on the floor more. I mean, he's putting the ball on the floor a lot, almost to a fault um, uh, yeah. sometimes. Uh, but I but I love seeing it because ultimately, 
we know he can shoot and other NBA teams know he can shoot. If he's not going to show the threat of putting the ball on the floor, then he's going to get crowded at the three-point line. It's going to make those shots that much more difficult. So I think him developing that aspect of his game, which we saw some of in the bubble, is really important. Um, if, if I had to go off the reservation, if you will, and say somebody else, it's hard to say anybody else, but I'll, I'll say Langston Galloway has been quite mm. the little surprise. Now, yeah. his minutes haven't been all that yanked around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking. He He's played... 14, 12, 12, 5, 4, and 7 in the six games that he's actually appeared in. Oh, excuse me. I read one month. Hmm. Um, <laughs> 6, 12, 14, 10, 9. Uh, but he, the dude is instant offense off the bench. And I can't believe that he floated around as a free agent that long because he was the last guy, the son's son, right? Oh, besides besides Etuan Moore, right? Yeah, um, those guys are about the same time, I think. Yeah. So, so to think that a guy that, is that good of a shooter and and can come in cold and and light a spark like that uh, was around that long and James Jones snatched him up uh, is 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 not only a uh, credit to to Langston but also to James Jones for for seeing that uh, so I, I would say if if I'm not going to go with one of the two obvious answers I would say Langston Galloway has certainly been a been a pleasant surprise because somebody coming in that late in free agency you don't expect to get much out of him. And I think we've, even though it's been limited, we've gotten a lot more out of him than we we had certainly expected. Yeah, I think what's nice about this team right now is you have so many different guys that you've been impressed with to begin the season. And, you know, that's one of the reasons we're seven and four. I mean, you can make a, an, an easy case for McHale and Cam Johnson. Langston Galloway, absolutely. In fact, I think we lost a game because when he went, we went back to Detroit and he came in and in the first 12 minutes, he had like 17 points and Monty only played it like two more minutes after that. I mean, that he was throwing away a guy who was, motivated to come out and and shoot lights out and he just didn't take advantage of that uh i'm gonna go with somebody else i'm gonna agree with uh rosters 17 in the chat and yeah. that's a campaign you know hashtag cam mvp pain cam fee pain mv pain whatever um absolutely you know one of the big questions coming in when you looked at this roster prior to the start of this season it was Okay, well, who's going to be the true backup point guard? Is it, Javon Carter's not necessarily a playmaker. We don't really know what we have from campaign. We know that we had a great appearance in the bubble, but there's no way he's going to shoot for you know fifty percent from three like he did those eight games down in Orlando. So who's going to be our true playmaker? We were thinking maybe it'll be at some point Sarich, you know, definitely point book. And campaign has really come in and solidified that backup one role to where Javon Carter's essentially become a two backup with Langston Galloway. We haven't seen each one more really, but I think that the minutes that he puts that campaign puts in the way that he's the only guy on the team who consistently is aggressive to the basket and tries to put the defense in precarious situations and can throw that ball off at uh, really different angles and make those shots. I'm really impressed with what he's provided so far this season. What do you guys think of campaign? No, it's per- it's awesome to have four uh, nominees really, and they're just. Beautiful we didn't even games. mention Sarge. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah. every player on this team. It's a good problem to have. Like you just can't decide which player is your favorite right now. And you didn't even did we even mention like well besides Mikael Bridges, everyone else is on the bench. So, and the because the starters can't figure it out right now. Basically, that's why we can't choose them. So once they do. Of course, we'll change our answers probably the next pod we do. <laughs> well, so conversely, who's disappointed you the most? Who's not named DeAndre Ayton? Um, dude, I don't know. It this is tough. I think honestly, I have to think. I think that it has to be between 
no one really too much. It would have to just be maybe Booker in a way, but just because in the beginning he was turning the ball over so much, I think just trying to find his way in the offense. And then he just has these games against Washington too. He comes out and it looks like he just wants to go one-on-one with Bradley Beal to start the game. And it kind of throws off the rest of the game for him, I feel like. So just for his like mental toughness, I don't know. There's something weird going on with him still this season to where I think everyone, even on Twitter, will notice during the game. Like, what's is something wrong with Booker? Even if he's scoring 20 points, 22 points. Kardashian. There's something <laughs> off. Yeah, the Kendall Jenner thing. And everyone brings that up. But he just doesn't have the same game right now that he, he has. I liked it when he was like, 22 points, seven or eight assists, you know, a couple rebounds, whatever, in the win. You know what I mean? I want that kind of book, but he's kind of off right now a little bit, I think. So a little bit disappointing, but it's it's hard to say, dude, because I just I love every player on this team right now. Well, you go to the top of the roster, and I can definitely understand that. I'm actually going to go to the very bottom of the roster, and that's Jalen Smith. I mean, the poor kid hasn't had a chance to play. He's had the ankle issue, and now he's been out to health uh, and safety protocols. He's got just dis- COVID, dude. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I, I'm not disappointed that he got COVID or he's had the ankle. I'm just disappointed because I was really looking forward to seeing him play. You know, the yeah. fact that he's got the goggles, I like his buildup. I like the fact that he has the ability to shoot. I really just wanted to see what we have. And I know that, you know, obviously it's 11 games into the season and we'll have plenty of time to see sticks, but I just loved watching sticks. And we haven't had a chance to really do that through no fault of his own, really. So that's yeah. who I'm disappointed with. Quick and easy. What do you got, Paul? Um, honestly, I was kind of going to the bottom of the roster too a little bit. Um, and I was kind of looking at Etwan Moore. I mean, I know we've barely seen him, but I was um just from that standpoint, I was thinking we'd get a little bit he'd be more in the rotation, or at least be fighting for a rotation spot. And we weren't we saw him a little bit in preseason and it was it wasn't great. I mean, maybe that was because we were kind of putting him out of position because uh campaign was out. So he was pl- kind of, they were trying to put him as like the backup point guard and that really wasn't his spot. So it was kind of throwing him off, but he, he didn't, he missed, he didn't get a spot in the rotation, which I mean, you know, somebody has got to miss out. And I just kind of thought it'd be more of it. There'd be more of a him Langston Galloway, maybe like back and forth see who kind of fits and meshes over time but it was you know that was nipped in the bud real quick what are you thinking justin how about just the starters as a whole i like i it. mean look i i just i just pulled up on basketball reference the the team's five-man combos and obviously the starters gonna have the most minutes there but they're they're a net minus 6.4 per 100 possessions um that's something you can't have out of a starting lineup that has a first ballot hall of famer, a, some will say budding, I will say bona fide superstar in Devin Booker, a number one draft pick in DeAndre Ayton, a seasoned veteran with playoff experience in Jay Crowder. And well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault McHale for anything because he's the one guy out of that, that I think hasn't really contributed in any sort of way to the, the, the negative aspect of that, that starting five. But Monty said it, you know, last game after, after the last game, I think, I think book and Chris Paul might've said it too, just that the starters aren't doing what they need to do. I mean, we shouldn't look at box scores and I know plus minus is what it is. It's not all that important of a stat, but how many games have there been where our starters are either hovering around zero or maybe a little bit in the negative or a little bit in the positive. And then we've got a number of bench guys that are plus 10 plus 15. It keeps happening. And that's something that uh, for the long-term success of this team, we can't have. And that kind of goes back to a couple of things we've talked about. One being 
they're still figuring things out. I mean, you can't sit here and think that we're seeing the best out of that five that we're going to see this season. If you do, you're a fool. I'm sorry, you're a fool. And it goes to the depth that this team has. And I said this on Fanning the Flames, uh, one of our two episodes since the season started, I think. Maybe the last one. Where we, maybe the last one. Where well, we, we had, had, we had planned on recording tonight until we were invited on the, yeah. to the illustrious uh, uh, jam session. And, you know, you can't turn down that opportunity. Yeah. Cut, cut us out. Just use this audio. <laughs> we don't kill you with quality. We kill, we kill you with quantity. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe it was the last episode. We don't we kill you with either. I'm just going to drop, I'm just gonna drop the, the names of people we have on to make us sound more important that way since we don't put out that much but the depth of the team uh, we mentioned it earlier this episode you know you're gonna have games each game it seems like somebody else from that bench is stepping up and providing the team what the team needs to get over the hump at least seven out of those 11 games so far and and that's something that's going to be critical particularly this season when we're dealing with the COVID crisis. We're dealing with a pandemic and we know that there are going to be games like we've seen with Jalen Smith, where players are in health and safety protocol, and you're going to need somebody to step up and fill in minutes. We know that we have a capable bunch of dudes sitting there waiting to come into the game, which is also a reason why even when the starters aren't playing well, like they're not right now, we can't sit there. Nobody sits there and goes, well, this sucks. This game's, this game's lost because you're going to have maybe a cam campaign, a Cam Johnson, a uh, a Langston Galloway hopping on board and saying, don't worry, I got this for us right now. I'm going to keep us in this game. No, I agree. And that kind of takes me into my next question. You know, where can this team improve? Sounds like what you're thinking, Justin, is that starting five, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they're not, they're, they're not going to keep playing this poorly as a group for the season. If they do, then there's something wrong. Uh, there's just too much talent there for, for, for it to continue. And if we think about it in the norm, in the, in the scope of like a normal season, we're 11 games in, we had effectively zero training camp. I would say right now where we would, where they would be, if this was a normal year would be like maybe just cracking into the regular season in terms of time playing together. And, yeah, and even uh, the preseason, the starters to barely played together. I mean, Craw- Crawford didn't play till the like third game, and like I think Paul only played in the first game, if I remember. It was. I think it was the second. Like they, uh, they yeah, barely second, played. Yeah. They barely played. So I mean, all of that chemistry is having to be figured out in the regular season, and we're winning while we're doing it. I mean. It's a good thing. That's why Paul and I have known. You can tell Paul and I have known each other for twenty years. So he just jumps in and finishes my thought for me, even though my thought was like literally half complete. But that was pretty much what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> it's romantic. Well, if I don't jump in, you're never going to let me talk. <laughs> That's how Matthew feels sometimes, don't you, Matthew? No, not at all, dude. I taught you well, right? How to listen. <laughs> Nobody puts Matthew in a the corner. They just put him uh, next to a couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what do you think, Matthew? More comfortable. I think it's really terrible right here. I think that you know they need to improve on interior defense um, when Aiden's not on the court, backup center rebounding when he's not on the court. So someone to back up DeAndre Aiden. That's what I'm going to go with. Really, that including the starters too. Well, just gelling. What I'm really seeing too is uh, maybe it's not, but maybe like. 
the the bench when they come on the court, they you can tell they really want to show the starters like they're for real. They want to they want to stay here. They want to be part of this team going forward into the playoffs. But then the starters, I don't know if they're trying to like ball out and imp- impress each other or something, or they're just having a hard time gelling in the way to where their games just don't mesh well. But it's it's very odd that they're not improving on the offensive end yet, except for a few games. But the offense itself, of course, with the first team, but yeah, and just somebody that back up Aiden. Because when Aiden's not on the floor, and Saric, like, bless his little heart. He, he tries. tries. He, he tries his – he's a good player, but him playing backup center for Aiden, I just – I don't like it. We just need someone to come in, like a Harkenstein or Harkenstein from the Denver Nuggets, someone like that. <laughs> just someone that's going to come in, and he's like the star on the court. So – just that's the, the where they need to improve, man. And and I'll I'll go a different route. I just think as a whole, we need to attack the rim more. I feel like it's too much jump shooting, and I get it. And it's nice to see actually that we've somehow become a, a, the team, the franchise that birthed the modern NBA, the seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns, haven't really adopted that philosophy since Steve Nash left. So now we've become a team full of sharpshooters who live by the three and die by the three, and I I like that. Because you never really feel like you're down in the game. It's it's like for those of you who are Cardinals fans out there, the Cardinals when they didn't have Kyler Murray and they had Josh Rosen. If you got down ten points, you knew it was over. Because every play, if Josh Rosen was getting rushed, he was getting pummeled. He had cement for feet. With Kyler Murray, you're always in it. You can always score. It's the same thing with the Suns in that three ball right now. We saw it against the Clippers. But I still would like to see what that team did against the Clippers in the third quarter. They started to attack the basket. They started to slow the game down with free throws, and they started climbing back into it. If you have that offensive philosophy to attack the rim and put the opposition in foul trouble, now you're getting free points when the when the, the clock isn't running, and this is already the slowest-paced team in the league. That's how you develop a big lead, and that's how you ultimately can win the game. And I just think that Devin Booker is is settling too much for kind of the way that he plays, which isn't really bad. He's not getting the calls, in all honesty. CP3 is not attacking the basket because he's old and he doesn't want to get pushed around. DeAndre Ayton doesn't attack the basket at all. And Cameron Payne's like, and Cam Johnson, he he's a, finally attacking, but he's not getting any foul calls. So I just think that that's one way I feel that they can improve is really try to make a concerted effort to try to get to that line and put the opposition the opposition's big guys in foul trouble early. And then potentially by the third, fourth quarter, DA could feast. I'm pretty sure our slowest pace in the league is actually faster than that seven seconds or less Suns team. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <No> so, <laughs> can't do All too right. much there. <laughs> I got a couple more questions before we get out of here tonight. Let's see. Which one should I go? I was going to ask a trade question, but I still I feel like it's it's too early in the season. Nobody. To that Nobody's the, is Nobody. the correct answer. Well, hold on. I, I, kinda, I, I just want to hear what that question was. That was question it a is trade or who should we trade? Is there for? anyone in the league that the Suns could trade for to meet the need that you feel this team has? Okay. I just okay. want to hear it. I don't want to answer it. Yeah. Think about it. It'll be something we'll do next time. You, you got to understand the only time we all get together, it appears, is when there is no basketball. We all got together 
uh, when we were in the middle of the pandemic and we were doing the live stream podcast. And they weren't even podcasts at that point. They were just live streams on or Zoom calls with all the Suns fans. And then we did another one once they released, uh, what was it, the schedule? That or was, was the bubble? Beautiful disaster. Yeah. Those were Wasn't beautiful that. disasters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially the first one. Yeah, yes. the first one where we learned how to learn the things about Zoom yeah. that we didn't know. We learned about yes. the bees. Yeah. Yes. We learned a <laughs> lot that night. Don't post the link on a public forum. Never. <laughs> no. So I'll, I'll ask this question, and I guess I'll start screen sharing. Yeah, you have to. We learned so much that night, and it was really fun because who called it? Was it Matthew? Was it you who said, like, it's going to be yeah. 10 minutes until the dicks get in here? Dave so, had no idea what you were talking about, yeah, and then the dicks know. showed up. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, anyways, if you were, let's see. If you had to choose one member of the Suns to run into at your local Circle K, who would it be? Justin? And I asked that question because Justin ran into Charles Barkley once at his yeah. local Circle K. What a nice guy he was, too. Like, the nicest guy. Did I tell – I don't know if I told this story before. Tell it. That's why I question. Once so, upon a time. Once upon a time. Uh, this was like two weeks before he did that match with – with uh phil and peyton and uh, uh steph curry right yep so i pull I, I just finished golfing and i pull into the parking lot of circle k and there's this dude taking practice swings like literally in the middle of the parking lot like between the circle k and where the gas pumps are standing in the middle of the parking lot i was kind of far away i was i, I immediately think oh, i like this guy's style i didn't realize who it was at the time so I, I i go inside the guy goes inside i go inside and I'm, I'm standing in line to pay and I hear this, man, you ain't got, you ain't got no diet Coke. And I was, I was like, that's, is that Bark? And I look over and I'm like, that's Barkley. He's wearing an Auburn basketball Jersey. So he gets in line in front of me. In fact, I, I texted, um, Paul and, and Dan. And, uh, I, I was like, I'm at circle K and Barkley's here right now. Dan immediately texts back, pick or didn't have it. So I'm like, all right. So I'm walking out. He's standing in line. I go, hey, man, I hate to do this. I hate to do this, but could I get a picture with you? And he goes, oh, for sure, man. He's wearing his mask. He pulls his mask. I'm like, you can leave your mask on if you want. He looks at me and goes, man, if I leave my mask on, no one's going to know who the fuck I am. I'm like, you're like a six foot seven dude wearing a bright orange Auburn basketball shirt with a bald head. Like people, you're in Arizona, bro. People are going to know who you are. Um, Took a picture with me. I asked him if he was ready for his uh, his match, and he's like, "Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm I'm getting there. We're we're gonna we're gonna do it." And I was like, "All right." Walked out. <laughs> Couldn't have been more gracious about some random dude who might have had a couple in him after finishing a round of golf, asking him to take a picture in a circle K. So might have. That's my. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, great guy, great guy. Can't top that one, right? I'm not gonna try. What's the point? That's that's sort of, and then he won the thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk oh, yeah. is that amazing interaction. So there you go. So I gave if him you, the confidence needed, it's what it was. You, you you saw him taking the swings, and you're like, I like what you're doing with your lead arm there, and that was it. <laughs> that was it. So if, if you had to choose a member of the current Suns to run into a circle, okay, who would it be? Who do you feel is the coolest guy? You know, I w- I'm gonna say book. And and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the golf. You want you want you want you want just want to meet uh, Jenner. Yeah, I mean, if you, uh, that'd be. I'll be like, hey, hey, book. Can you take can you take a picture of us really quick? That'd be great. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, but he, you know, he he posted on Twitter like a few months back. My golf ball won't go where I want it to go. 
I need, I need help. And of course there's like all these, all these responses. <laughs> Bloom <laughs> responded. He's like, dude, anytime you want to go out, I'm like, Hey, come out to Ganey. I'll, I'll bring you bro. Let's do this. So I would want to meet book just so I can twist his arm and get him to uh, come play golf with me. All right. All right. I actually, I flew back from, I forget where, maybe LA or something. And I was waiting out front of uh, Sky Harbor airport for my wife to pick me up. And I was standing there and all of a sudden a Lamborghini pulls up pop right in front of me, pops open. It's Devin Booker. Do you know what I said to him? God bless you. D book. I sounded like my fucking father, you know, like God bless you. The Lord prays for you. And he looked at me and he was picking up some chick. So I, it's, it, you know, I don't know if he beat anybody at the time. I didn't want to say much because it probably would have got him in trouble. But uh, yeah, he just looked at me, you know, he gave me a smile and kind of a wave. He's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm a heathen, but whatever. Um, I, I, I think I'd probably want to just see Mikel. If I saw Mikel at Circle K, I think it'd be cool because it sounds like everybody who talks to this guy just absolutely loves him. He seems like a low-key, really funny guy. So if I ran to Circle K, I feel like he's the guy who if I run into at Circle K, I, I, and I had that Justin interaction that you had with Charles Barkley, he would have something similar to that. I don't know if D-Book would do that. Because Big Dick Book, he might turn around and knock over some lays. So I don't know. <laughs> Matthew, who would you like to meet at Circle K? Oh, it's easy, man. The guy that can buy me cigarettes, it'd be uh, Dario Saric. You know, I feel like I've run into him, get some cigarettes, go behind the Circle K, smoke those, and then we'll just we. I feel like he would. Why do you need to go behind the Circle K? Because that's how that's what you do. Do that. He'd be like, hey, yeah. Here's a question. Legal in Arizona now, Matthew. My fantasy, man. <laughs> yeah, look 14. Yeah, I still get cards. Yeah, he's some cigarettes, and he kind of looks like me with his facial hair and hair and all that stuff. So we can go out to bars and be twin brothers and stuff. That was frighteningly detailed. <laughs> yes, it hasn't happened yet. All right, what about you, Paul? Oh man, I mean. I think I kind of want to run into uh, Javon Carter. Ooh, nice! You can look at my eye. No, I want to see. I want to see what shoes he wears in public. Like, does he do the like split shoe thing? Like, he's off the court. <laughs> That's a good. <laughs> I never thought about that. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in Circle K's in my life because my dad used to work for them for corporate. So, like, I got to go to all these like Circle K grand openings and stuff. I mean, that's actually how I got into the Suns because they had a box. So I got to go to all these games for free with like free food and shit so um thank you circle k um you <laughs> know an an fan. <laughs> so you get your polar pop and and talk to talk to javon carter no, i mean i mean straight up dude my dad is my dad worked for 7-eleven for circle king he was the slurpy king <laughs> like literally we have cups glasses that say gerard bachelia slurpy king <laughs> <laughs> So I have, how, how, I have a good affinity for the uh, convenience store. <laughs> see, this this is what happens when you get us all together. Hey, and speaking even... of really, really, really quick, because Paul just mentioned uh, going to games. Uh, I went to the arena today. Oh, did uh, you? Go, yeah. So one of the guys in my office next, next door in my executive suite, he went for one of those, like he called to get the whole like, Hey, we're gonna sell you season tickets, blah 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 thing. And he's he knows I'm a Suns guy. He's like, hey, you want to go with? And I'm like, I get to go do this, and I don't have to be the one getting pressured to spend thousands of dollars. That sounds fantastic, 
dude, they did a freaking amazing job on that place. Oh, it, 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 it looks, it looks phenomenal. And I, I'm sure you've seen, you've seen it on TV. Like they've got everything tarped and covered. All the seats are black. Now it looks okay. so sleek. They put in all these new bars. They turned the, they turned the, uh, uh, practice facility, the old practice area into a, like the high end for the first two rows, yeah. private bar and restaurant. And it's gorgeous, man. They did such a great job. They opened up a lot of the concourse by moving some of the, like basically the, 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 the countertops back. Um, they moved that big escalator over, like they moved the whole escalator. Over. It's just, oh, wow. and I know it sounds like very little kind of well, big deal, but it's just so open. It, it it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to go there and actually go to games. And, and I did find out too, a little, little tidbit. I don't know if this is out there anywhere, but you know, uh, flex on their coast to coast pod, I think said that there were some rumors floating around about January 22nd. Apparently the state said no to the Suns about letting Good. fans, back. which is weird though. If you think about it, cause they're the letting coyotes fans back and they have people there. They let fans at the Cardinals games, so yeah, why not I, the Suns? Yeah, and Coyotes. I have a buddy who's at the Coyotes game tonight, and I'm like, really? Like, oh, it's well, everybody if you can hates shop at Fries, like in your crowd with a crowd, a bunch of big, bunch of big ugly people all the time. Why can't you just go to the Suns game? Oh wait, that's Walmart. Sorry, why can't you just go to the Suns game? <laughs> um, and they also they they reduced the capacity by like a thousand seats because oh, wow. they spread they they put in. Oh. Seats all over that are a little more spacious. That's I'm sorry, my dog. Your dog is She owns this house. She gets relaxed wherever she wants, man. <laughs> wherever she wants. Um, but yeah, they lowered the capacity by a thousand because they put in they took out some seats uh and put in those bars, and then yeah. they also put in uh I guess more they they gave each seat more space. So for all of those people who think Robert Sarver just wants money, he just took out a thousand seats. So, well, <laughs> that, that, that individual ticket price, yeah, <laughs> shifted a little bit. That's why your buddy was down there doing the preview. They needed, uh, they need somebody to buy. I went to go buy season tickets a couple years ago, and man, my guy had the worst breath ever. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there trying to sell the misses on, and I'm like, you know what? It's a good investment. And she's like, but his breath. I'm like, okay, point taken. I hope he's watching. I'll, I'll, I'll say too that the the packages. There was, I, I thought it would be a lot more shocking in terms of price. Um, there's some. I, there's a, there's affordable stuff there. You know, if we split it four ways, guys, we can sit next to Dave. Four ways on feet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, or, or we just talk to him about getting us press passes. Mm, this is true. Free. This is true. Yeah, we got to do a better I mean, job. We actually have to be more regular with our recording, Justin. But you know. <laughs> A press pass. <laughs> be the I, think, I think I think the players would love me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final question before we get out of here, guys. Uh, have you watched Cobra Kai? And if not, who are you? And where do you get off? Which one do you want me to answer first? Anybody. <laughs> I've watched oh one episode. I loved it. I just haven't gotten back around to it yet. Okay. I'll allow okay. that answer. Justin. I've watched most of the first season. Uh, pretty much the same thing as Paul. I, I've got other shows I watch. I just finished watching the show called Greenhouse Academy with my kids. It's horrible, but it's like crazy addicting. Like I, I'm like, I I convinced my wife to let our kids stay up late the other night so I could watch it with them. 
it was awesome. like the weirdest thing ever. I'm also the coolest dad ever. So just for the record, but, but now I feel like I have to watch Cobra Kai after this. So I, I uh, can, can talk Co Cobra Kai with people like you guys and not, not be a weirdo. But why? <laughs> I, 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 I was a little, deep, I, a little too deep into the Mandalorian. Have, um, have you have you seen the Mandalorian? Me? Yeah, of course. I was the one yeah. who told you like about the. Oh yes, the that's right. Yes, yes, the ending. Oh my god. Oh, the ending. Ah, oh. yeah. I got I got my. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I'm Darth Voida. I love I love anything. Yeah. So, I, I'm more, I'm looking forward to WandaVision starts tomorrow. Oh yeah, that almost makes me want to. Buy I have it. no idea. I don't understand what's going to happen in that show at all. But I'm looking forward to finding out what. It is. She's trying to create. She's trying to create like a perfect. Oh no, I know. I, trust me, I'm a, I'm a oh. massive Marvel fan. I know it's insane, but yeah, what the actual plot of that show is, I don't understand because they have not told a shit. They just have. Oh, she's Michelle from Full House, which is hilarious because she's their sister. Oh, she's Donna Reed. Oh, like here's like a weird like Halloween costume that looks like her comic book costume, but I have no idea on plot. Mine under. No, that's a good show. I watched the first season, but uh, yeah, Cobra Kai I haven't finished, so I, I'm still on season two. Okay, sorry, well, sir. Y'all just need to watch it. It's just it, it's so funny because I was sitting there, uh, you know, Shan and I are, are powering through it, and Ashley, who's my stepdaughter, comes in. She's 20, and she's like, "Oh, is this Cobra Kai?" We're like, "Yeah, it's badass." And she's like, "Oh, I heard it sucks." Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, yeah I heard it sucks because she's 20. They didn't grow up with the Karate Kid. There's no, no they did. It was called is Jaden Smith. Yeah, it's totally different. It was way worse. So it's just like, oh, okay. So you and your friends think it suck. Now I know I'm officially like in my mid to late 30s. Right? Yeah, but see, see the kids right below them all love the karate kid because they had us as their parents. Exactly. Who like love these movies and are now showing them. Like my kids super into the back to the future. Love it. Fantastic. That's like one of my favorite trilogies of all time. We have Nurka choke his ankle. Just, just a quick news flash. What happened? Oh, I'm watching it Nur right now. Nurkic Nurk broke his ankle. Oh, geez, for Portland. Yeah, he wasn't having a good year to start, man. And dude, well, he's just coming back from that leg injury. Yeah, well, yeah. He, he had a decent bubble. Damn. Oh, that well, sucks. Yeah. I heard it here I took live. Him like 30, I took him like 35th in our in our draft. Oh yeah, I'm playing oh. you this week. I don't think I yeah. set my lineup today. <laughs> <laughs> both of us pretty much have like all, all teams out without like all the covid games yeah i, I just yeah I'm not playing. So you have a lot, a lot of celtics a lot of suns a lot of wizards <laughs> yeah oh, well. have, we're not wizards. playing for money who cares real quick i thought i'd touch on this what do you guys think of the uh james harden leaving the west going yeah. going to brooklyn because Kyrie doesn't want to play who wants F to take? Who wants to feel that one? In fact, I'm going to give a shout out because somebody did hit us up on Twitter. Um, at I'll just call it Forcemaster776 on Twitter's at and Goat four four five said, "What do you think about Nash having to coach KD, Kyrie, and Harden?" Dude, poor Nash. Yeah, it's an interesting poor dynamic. <laughs> like you have the three most temperamental players in the NBA now on your team. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I didn't understand the move. I mean, the, the Nets were – obviously, they've lost some games, but they're blowing teams out left and right. I, I, I think at some point, maybe they still do have the highest scoring differential in the NBA. Um, but 
I, I feel like there has to be something else going on with Kyrie that they suspect he might not be coming back anytime soon. Because uh, otherwise, the move doesn't really seem to make that much sense. And I think the Rockets did a hell of a job getting a haul. I mean, I- you had you had James Harden go out basically in public and say, everybody on this team but me sucks. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a choice but to trade him at that point. And they still got four first-round picks, four pick swaps, Karis LeVert, Jarrett Allen. Obviously, those guys, there were guys moving after that. But, my God. Well, they ended up with Depot. I mean, now you you have John Wall and Victor Oladipo as a back. I'd rather have LeVert, but they don't want to have to pay LeVert. That's expiring. Well, the pace is just funny. What did they lose, like, three games in a row? And then I think it started with the Suns. We beat them. And then they went from, like, the best team in the East to, like, the least – um, but Lavert, dude, that addition to that team, it's it's brilliant. I love Lavert. I'm happy for him to get out of there because the whole time KD and Kyrie have been there this season, and even when they were signed, it's like, what are they gonna do with Lavert? And Lavert's a badass, dude. He's a very very solid player. Like if you we missed one shot, could it, we could we yeah, could I know. I know, right? <laughs> I of not attacking the rim. Him. We could have been in the playoffs if it wasn't for Karis LeVert. Fuck him. (laughs) Good for you. You're in Indiana. I've been in Indiana. No thanks. (laughs) And what's such for Brooklyn? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. For for real, though, I mean, Steve Nash has a reputation of being one of the ultimate team guys in the NBA, and now he's coaching three of the most – well, actually, KD is actually a pretty good team guy, but because he's fucking KD, you know – Yeah. Some of the most like me first guys in the NBA. I mean, which, those press conferences are just going to be horrible afterwards because you have Kyrie <laughs> who doesn't want to talk to the press, KD who thinks we're all blog boys, James Harden who'd rather eat a you know a bucket of chicken and go to a strip club than talk and and tell everybody that he's done here. And you got just like Steve Nash just being like, "Well, I hope everything's going to be okay." You know, like hey, <laughs> I don't I don't know guy. why Kyrie hasn't shown up. Yeah, he's like, like it's a personal up. thing, but you know we'll we'll let it go. I mean, so yeah. here's what the whole trade was: the Nets just got James Harden, the Rockets got Oladipo, Exum, Caracas. I don't know who that is. Three None Brooklyn first rounders, one Milwaukee first, and four Brooklyn first round swaps. Damn. All of it unprotected. Yeah, I mean, so think about that: the Rockets, the Pelicans, or I'm sorry, the Rockets, the yeah, the, is it the Pelicans? Yeah, the Pelicans and sorry, Oklahoma City. They all like own the draft for the next like ten years. Then the Cavs yeah. got Jared Allen yeah. and Terry and Prince, and the Pacers got Karis Levert in a second rounder, which I think is when getting rid of Oladipo, getting Karis Levert, that's that's acceptable. I feel the, the Cavs. Cavs how, how did the Cavs get in there? They're going to be fun. I mean, Sexland and uh, Jared Allen. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, they're probably, probably going to move up, move uh, move Drummond at this point. Drummond. Well, don't they have like five Love. centers now? They've they're not as bad as Detroit. But I mean, they they've got Drummond, they've got Love, they've got Jared Allen. I don't even know who else is on that team. But I mean, just those, just Sexland and and Jared Allen's a fun team to start around. I mean, it's, they're not like superstars, but they are frisky and fun. Javale McGee, yeah. they have him as well. Oh shit, yeah. On Maker, they got a <laughs> lot of big guys. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, the the Sexland that's the best backcourt duo name. You know, Sexton and and Gar- Darius Garland. That's the the best backcourt nickname but that, that they're gonna be an interesting team if they trade off one of those centers and i know that once this happened today everybody in sun's nation was starting to talk about well hey we could you know javel mcgee come say phoenix i think i saw that on twitter and i'm like i need to stop some people yes what? yes was, was that was that on facebook 
It might have been a Facebook comment. Now that I think about it, <laughs> it sounds about a Facebook kind of. Every every now and then, Justin will go into one of those Facebook ones and just like lay the smack down on just like he just he what he says is what's called common sense to some of the bullshit that people put on Facebook. And he's like, "Listen, is this like really a thing right now? Like, come on, use your yeah, head. McGee, come here and get dunked on by everybody, please. We need yeah. more of that. We just got rid of Josh Jackson, so hey, but, uh, um." Uh, oh, sorry, Matthew. Go. No, it's go, fine. Go. I was just gonna say that I I love what Brooklyn. This is weird. I know, but I think Steve Nash is a perfect coach for this. I think he's handling the Kyrie thing fine. The Harden pickup, though, I think is just kind of a panic because I don't know if Kyrie's gonna be playing the rest of the year. Who knows? Um, he's True. probably on his off. He'll probably end up like going to some safari or something, doing something different. Whatever he wants to do is fine. But they needed Hard Harden as a reinsurance for KD to stay there this season because. KD is probably one of the main superstars in the NBA that might want to like want to leave at the end of the year or else before the year's over. I can see him maybe even want to do that too. So they needed to get Harden, even though they gave up everything. They did this five years ago too, where they gave up all their picks, all for KG, all that baloney, and then it just went to hell. So they had to do something. I think Harden and KD really want to win. I think Harden still wants that. And I think they, they have a better opportunity now with Harden to go to the championship instead of just... Uh, Kyrie and yeah. well, they're not, they're not going to stop anybody from scoring, so they better shoot the lights out. Yep, yeah. that's yeah. what you do in the NBA. I mean, well, they're already center, they're out centers east. DeAndre Aiden, they are not DeAndre Aiden, DeAndre, DeAndre, Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, you know, well, not KD play the five though. I think maybe at times if they go small ball, I doubt it though. That's not where he's effective. He's effective on the perimeter. But it, but again, it's nice to see another star go east, and that means you know potentially the Rockets could as. I think you guys were talking about, and one of your your preseason uh, uh, podcasts, you were talking about how the Rockets are one of those teams on the downswing, and it's definitely kind of coming to fruition. But still, it's early. We really don't know who's doing what, and and you know where it's all going to pan out. Hopefully, we have a game again on Monday, uh, Martin Luther King Day. It's a three o'clock TNT game, so I'm really hoping that happens because it's not only that; it's also Matthew's birthday. I thought so, that one was postponed too. Already. No, that's. No, it's no. the next three. Our homestand's postponed. That one's on the road at Memphis. Yeah, and for everything I've heard as of right now, none of the Suns have actually tested positive. It's just still holding out because of that contact tracing window, which is great. And hey, at that rate, maybe we'll have sticks back. You know? Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. Give that guy five quality minutes. <laughs> but five quality minutes. Really, really quick, really quick. I know, I know, this is this is long, but. I, I saw. I know this is your job, John, but I'm going to do it. Uh, Iverson blogs in the chat said uh, Devin Booker best shooting guard in the West now. Ooh. I would say yes. I would say. I mean, I would have said yes before, but I'll definitely. Yeah, say it's yes. not really a deep position as it is. When Clay Thompson's injured, yes, he is. I think now. I think so too, and just because I considered, I mean. Harden is more of a point guy to me. He's he's a he's a combo guard. Who knows what is anything anymore? But yes, if you are going to go yeah. by the strict definition of shooting guard, he's got to be. Now he just needs to prove it because yeah. he hasn't played to that level so far this year. But all right, well, I think I think it's time to wrap up the pod. Uh, no I'd like to thank the Fanning the Flames guys for joining us on our State of the Suns. Uh, we look forward to um doing this again like after a game or something you know maybe instead of walking the dog after the game justin you can come on and paul you can come on too and we could get together and kind of analyze what we saw i'll tell you this the hardest part about going live right after a game is you're still so full of emotions 
And it's really hard not to come on here and just start ripping apart the Suns team because that's what everybody else is doing. And you kind of get caught up in it, but you know what? Well, let's make sure it's a win. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. If they lose, I'll be like, listen, I I got my losing crowd on. I'll hit up Dave after a loss. He'll, he'll keep me grounded. (laughs) Dave, you've been a Suns fan for so long and you know what losing's like. Tell me how to deal with it. But then I realized I've been a Suns fan for so long and I don't know how to deal with it still after all these years. So um, again, thank you to everybody who joined us in the chat and watch this live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the thumbs up button on this episode, and you can hit the little bell. That'll let you know when we go live, whenever we go live. Um, Thank you again to Justin and to Paul for joining us. Can you let them know where to follow you and where to hear you and all that good shit? I'm at So Says Jay, Paul. I'm at Dervish of Whirl. And the pod is at Fan of Flames NBA. Fantastic. And you can follow the Suns Jam Session Podcast at Suns Jam on both Instagram, Twitter, and we have TikTok now. I know. So, I follow you. That, yes, you were my first follower. <laughs> our first follower. Matthew's stay, doing, Matthew stay, actually does all the social media. Yeah. Stay tuned for Fanning the Flames on fans only. Okay. <laughs> I'll pay or money for fans, that. Whatever it is. Only you know, fans only, only fans, whatever the heck it is. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm listening. And you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Have a fantastic evening. And hopefully we will be getting together on Monday afternoon following a Suns win over Memphis to not only celebrate that win, but also to wish to wish Matthew a happy birthday. Oh, turn the big 1-8. I'm legal now. Wow, you can finally buy cigarettes now. Good for you, Matthew. <laughs> Take care, everybody. All right, I won't go home. Let me feel this. <laughs>